1: This is
0: our f-ing city. What's up, everybody? This is Dave, the Boston podcast. Hope you're well, Boston. this This particular podcast is produced by Pod Six One Seven, the Boston Podcast Network. And if you like what you hear on the Boston Podcast, we encourage you to share it. Please share it with a friend or a colleague. We love it when people share our podcast, and you can um, get all kinds of information about producing your own podcast at pod617.com. We'd love to talk to you. Visit our studios in scenic Westwood, Massachusetts, and we've got a really cool setup here. And so uh, we got a great guest for you today. His name is Dean Jacobus. Dean Jacobus. It, so- it sounds like you could be... Um, you know, a linebacker for the Patriots or something, you know, <laughs> number 57, Dean Jacobus. Add,
2: a, add 200 pounds and you could. You're right.
0: <laughs> Dean is of the slender build. He's a, he's a tall drink of water. He's, <laughs> he's not um, linebacker material. But Dean is a real estate agent at Keller Williams right here in the, do we say Metro West area? Is that fair to say? Yeah,
2: I, I think that's, that's perfect. So. Okay.
0: So right nearby. And coming up, Dean is going to tell us um, the three mortal sins of home buying three three (laughs) things you should avoid um in looking for a home so if you're looking for a home you got to stick around here this is going to be uh wicked cool and useful and we've uh well i've i've looked for homes many times and i always think of it as a fun sport and and of course i would always fall in love with like the first uh, you know couple houses oh this is great this is great and then you find out a few things that work against you. Uh, Before we get to Dean, let me just fill you in a little bit more about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? We can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally. That's the correct use of the word literally, by the way grammar uh, police. Who's with me? Who's with me? I'm with you. Thank you, Dean. Pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. This is how it works. You invite cool people on your show and they're uh, impressed. They're dazzled. Dean looks very dazzled right now. (laughs) Go to pod617.com. I was looking down when I said that. That's a white lie. Go to pod617.com to start planning. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com in pod we trust. So, Dean, I've known you for a while, and you you're uh, you were an accountant, CPA. That's right, yep. CPA. So, still a CPA. Once a I, CPA, always a CPA. Basically.
2: Yep, as long as you, you maintain the license and you okay. keep taking the education. Yes.
0: And um, grew up around here, I believe. I, yeah, I well, grew
2: up uh, in Newburyport, and I went to school in Boston.
0: So, Newburyport. Yeah. you can't get there from here. That's no, so <laughs> but it must. But it must be lovely. And uh, yeah, tell me where you went to school and all that.
2: Yeah, so I went to uh, Boston University and got my undergrad, my bad bachelor's in business there. And uh, cool. I, went. I went
0: to the law school, ah. the tallest law school in the nation, the biggest eyesore on Commonwealth Ave. Uh, they have a new building now, apparently. But anyway,
2: it's a it's a very nice building. The even the the original building, mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
0: Oh, it's part of the original. Build? I haven't even been yet. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I guess I'll have to check. Uh,
2: well, I meant the uh, the old one. I, I haven't oh, either because I haven't been there in a while either.
0: <laughs> yeah, the old the old law school on the BU campus is like a tower, and um, pretty much every every bad thing you can imagine about a building this has. It's it's an eyesore. It's and the irony was the the word on the street was that they were going to replace it and knock it down, but they couldn't because of its architect its architectural significance. <laughs> it it was it's uh, of the so called brutalistic. Style, which which I guess is significant um, for being really bad. Uh, Boston City Hall is the is a very similar building, also brutalistic, also brutal. Anyway, nineteen
2: seventies um, era, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, construction. It it, it does look uh, kind of sparse and yeah. know, little Soviet era block.
0: Yeah, it's funny how you get the different generations just get things wrong. In the seventies, the the. And, and you must see this in all the, the homes that you show, those split-level homes, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It, 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 you know, you, you walk up and there's the living room and kind of the dining room smushed together. And then you walk down and it's supposed to be, hey, it's a split. You've got two levels of fun. But downstairs was just like a musty basement, you know? And so <laughs> it was just a horrible use of space.
2: Or a bedroom. Which is interesting too. I've had that recently. Well, You've split, had
0: yeah the split with four bedrooms. Uh,
2: well, with well, just with a bedroom in the basement.
0: The oh, the bedroom in the basement. Yeah, yeah. the splits. The, the the regular bedrooms, like upstairs, and in, in a split, were, were always painfully small. And I remember those hallways being very narrow. It was a a, um, a journey uh, into claustrophobia for me. Anyway, <laughs> so CPA and you decide, and just recently, right? You um. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. Well, for all prospective uh, home buyers out there, Dean is an experienced professional, many many years. So I don't mean <laughs> to paint you as a newbie. But so what? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Tell me why this this seemed like a more fulfilling, more fun thing for you to do, or what?
2: Yeah. Well, it was it was sort of a journey, uh, uh, longer than than the the I guess the year and, and three months that I've been an agent, but. Um, I, I started out by buying a condo in Somerville uh, about 2005, just before the peak of the market. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of years, I thought that I would never uh, make any money on it. But I was, uh, you know, f- finally in 2014, things started to improve and I rented it out. And I, I bought a multifamily uh, out in Maynard where I live. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, all that time I was getting my CPA at night and, and um, I discovered that I really liked real estate and that I liked the idea of owning income property and uh, it was inspired that it could create you know generational wealth and uh, Im- improve uh, people's lives dramatically just mm-hmm. by uh, taking out a loan and, and managing the property and selecting tenants carefully and so that was sort of what inspired me to look more seriously into real estate and after a few years of, of tax season as a CPA I, I finally realized that uh, it was more interesting and, and more fun to think of the ways that I could help people with you know, using my tax knowledge, of course, as well, but uh, in real estate directly. Yeah. Um,
0: So that, yeah, that, and that I would think um, would be just a bonus. If you're uh, showing somebody home, they're, they're inevitably thinking about things like their wealth, how much they can afford their mortgage and even taxes and things like that. Right.
2: Yeah, and, and especially with uh, the tax law always changing and, and the 2018 law has, has made some, some dramatic changes, especially for people who can no longer deduct a certain uh, amount beyond $10,000 of property tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of people aren't aware of that, and that affects people in high-income uh, high tax uh, high and property tax states like on the coasts. So uh, it's, it's something that we, have, we should make buyers aware of so that they're not uh, you know, expecting mm-hmm. you know, something that they may not get. Well, if you don't
0: mind, maybe let's not um, continue talking about the tax code. Um, <laughs> right. I, I worry that our listeners might uh, not be as interested. So, um, I hear you. Yeah, which which <laughs> it's, uh, maybe is one of the other reasons why you made the moose.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Chami DeParel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast, the hilarious show known as Shawshanked, and the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com in pod we trust.
0: We are going to talk about um, the... uh Three uh, nightmare. No, what did I say? The yes. three three mortal sins a new homebuyer can commit. And Dean has them prepared. He spent weeks and weeks of preparing these uh, three items. Either that, or thoroughly I, Either that, or I asked it. <laughs> I asked him about it before the show, and we threw it together. But um, let's start off. Here's here's a uh, mortal sin. Number one. Number one
2: is is uh, going out and looking without getting pre-qualified okay and the, the reason that's a um, mortal sin as you call it mm-hmm. is that uh, you're setting yourself up for disappointment when you are are uh, having you know champagne tastes and caviar dreams and you may not be able to uh, afford what you're looking at
0: and so people do this they're like hey let's go let's there's an open house let's Drive by, right, you know. It's we fun. might, be, yeah. Right, it's fun, yeah. I've
2: seen it on HGTV. Let's do it, yeah. and uh, you know, why not? I'm sure I can figure it out. The right, money, mon- and the money's there. It'll be there, right? Right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, when you buy your, especially when you buy your first home, the the advice that uh, my wife at the time and I took, which I think was good advice, was. Um, you sometimes have to stretch to buy your, your your first home and so maybe that's why people get in their head hey let's just go for it we'll figure it we'll figure out the budget because if you actually sit down and do the budget it usually doesn't work <laughs> and then you realize you can afford like no home <laughs> but this but this is a this is a technical step that that uh, if you fall in love with the house and then you go to get qualified and you're not qualified for the mortgage then uh, it's heartbreak right
2: yeah and it, and the loan officer is going to know all the programs that that you might not be aware of and you, you might think oh i can only afford something if you were uninitiated mm-hmm. that i can only do something with 20% down or uh, i need to get a you know a gift from mom and dad to do that if i'm a first time buyer or um, you know I, I may not be aware of three percent down or three and a half percent down programs from FHA and, and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and mm-hmm. uh, without knowledge of that plus your other uh, payments that you may not think about all the time if you're not a good budgeter and many of us are not mm-hmm. um, then you, you would you would just make some assumptions that, that might not set you in the right direction okay all right get pre-qualified people and how do you do that? well uh one way is is certainly to uh, go directly to a loan officer of or, or or of a of a local bank preferably um, the other way is to work with your agent uh, find an agent first and they can talk with you and and figure out with you what what you might be interested in buying and that can also make the loan interview go more smoothly because you'll be able to
0: so they can go right to you yeah and you'll you'll tell them what to do
2: exactly okay. and, and and we'll we'll help them uh, with with loan officers that we work with, and we try to work with local banks because sometimes it can be harder to reach someone at the big banks.
0: Cool. All right. So get pre-qualified. All All right. Here's uh home buying moral sin. Item number two. <laughs> Thank you, in house drummer at, at uh, Pod Six One Seven. What's number two?
2: We were we were kidding a little bit about this before the we we started yep. in that. Uh, it would be choosing the, a bad agent um, and not knowing, you know, what you want. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that uh, you know you might find an agent who would just take you out to show your properties because they might have some insecurity about asking you for an exclusive contract. Um, and generally, that's- well, no, so um,
0: tell me about the exclusive contract thing. Sure. Um, it's been so long since I've bought a house. So So people can come people can come to you and it's it's in your interest that you become their exclusive agent as a as a home buyer or yeah.
2: Um it's it's in the interest of the buyer as well as the agent because the agent agent obviously wants to guarantee they're they're having a loyal buyer who will protect their commission. But from the buyer's point of view um, if they, the first thing the agent will do is disclose whether they're a facilitator or a, a buyer's agent, mm-hmm. uh, on a form, uh, that's required by the state. And that will give the, um, fiduciary, uh, responsibility to the agent to act, uh, you know, obediently with loyalty and disclosure and, um, you know, accountability and, and, uh, reasonable care, um, uh, w- with, with the client, so that their interests are looked after. Mm-hmm. And... And in so doing, the uh, client will have the opportunity to meet with the agent to have a, a meeting to discuss what their wants and needs are, and to do a better job of, of clarifying and narrowing down what they're after. Otherwise, it can be confusing with all with what's out there. Okay. And you know, it can take too long, and motivation can be lost, and and that's not really what the purpose of of using an agent is.
0: Okay. So you want. Okay. So you want to be exclusive, but but you got to pick the right guy or gal.
2: Right, exactly. And that that's uh, that's where it's finding agents who are uh, knowledgeable and, and uh, keeping up with their market and uh, hopefully have an interest in keeping up and improving their own continuing education. And you can see that with the designations that they may have earned that they would have on their business cards mm-hmm. from the National Association of Realtors. And um, do you have these designations? I I do have a number of them. There okay. you know things like the pricing strategy advisor. Um, there's the real estate negotiator, real estate negotiation expert. Uh, there's accredited buyer representative, the seller representative. Does this r-
0: result in all kinds of alphav- alphabet does. soup at the bottom of your business card? It yeah. does indeed,
2: yep. and it, it leads to a lot of questions. That's why I think it's better to for to spell it out at least, and then put the uh, abbreviations in parentheses so it's not too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, whenever I want an ego boost, I just add a few more letters to the bottom of my business card. Nobody (laughs) checks anyways, you know, FBI, NRA, EIEIO, you know,
2: no one cares. true. Only you in your own heart know what's what's happening.
0: All right, so pick the right uh, agent and go exclusive with that agent once you find that agent. That's number two. Um, And mortal sin for the (laughs) homebuyer, item number three.
2: Uh, well, that is is not being clear with your agent on what you want and need, uh, mm-hmm. and that hopefully the agent will be will be good in sussing that out uh, in the buyer interview.
0: So it's like priorities. It's yeah. like what's what's most important to you. Like
2: um, yeah, don't waffle and say, well, you know what, I kind of would like uh, you know something a little bigger if you know that your budget says that you, you know you're a first time buyer, or if you're a move up buyer and uh, you know, try to try to work with your your spouse or partner if you're uh, making decisions so that you're both on the same page and mm-hmm. and you uh, know you know not not wasting your own time. That's never an issue, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's usually a deferral and the Honey,
0: compromise. Honey, look, <laughs> this is this is where I'm gonna put my moose head and all my sports memorabilia, <laughs> and I think there's room for a keg over there. Yeah, and, and that's an uh,
2: important yeah. staging discussion when you sell. Uh, yeah, right, right,
0: right. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, what other what other things? I'm trying to think of what motivates people. I mean, people want. So it could be things like you know uh, the, your commute, like the length of your commute or the yeah. ease of your commute, like whether you're on a, a train, a commuter rail line, or whatever that. Right. And yeah, you might, about you might that be a stuff.
2: Boston-centric, uh, um, um, you know, have a, a job in, in town and you know that commuter rail is the best thing for you. Or you might know that I only go to town once or twice a week for a meeting because I can work from home and I want home to have this kind of thing where I have access to hiking or walkability or, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's resources in the area or I like farmer's markets. Uh, mm-hmm. I like uh, cross-country skiing, you know, all of these things that um, you have to think about lifestyle and obviously the the um, the communities you you want to get to know them a little bit before you maybe before you start talking to the agent yeah an
0: idea my wife and i were selling a house once um it was like the second home we sold and we were showing it and the basement was unfinished and you know a little not the cleanest area of the home <laughs> and but the the you know the people being shown the house we were there for whatever reason i don't know why we were there during the showing but we were there and they the prospective buyers walked into the basement and they <laughs> wanted to open the door that went out to the bulkhead and i knew that was a mess it was all but leaves back there and who knows what oh. else but they opened it and i kid you not a mouse jumped out A mouse oh. jumped out, started <laughs> it and we're like oh okay so there's one uh buyer gone and like um um, Better would, than the
2: home inspection, right? I guess.
0: Uh, y- yeah, <laughs> but you know what? The, I mean, in in a, in our defense, like there, there's there's no way that necessarily. Well, I guess you could have put traps in that area, but it was it was like an area that wasn't used. It was like the bulkhead stairs. Yeah, that's where we like to keep the mice. You know, what the yeah. heck? They,
2: they just like to hang out there. They're, yeah, they're not coming in. No, they don't bother <laughs> everybody, anybody. Anybody, <We>,
0: you know, <laughs> throw some cheese scraps down there every once in a while, and they're happy. <laughs> um, so. Should you visit a home more than once? Like, you fall in love with it, um, you put in an offer, um, you know, should you go back, like, I don't know, see it at nighttime, you know, um, see it during, uh, you know, cold, warm weather? I don't know, you can't always do that, I guess, but.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you, you should, uh, even before you um, start go inside, you know, a lot of times, if if um the buyers want to do some of the legwork. It can be a good idea to just drive by before you decide you want to actually do a showing. Right. That's the way a lot of agents will start uh, with the criteria that, that the buyers you know would give them, mm-hmm. and say, why don't you try to drive by these, see if you like these, the you know the surrounding area, and you you know you can a lot of a lot of times tell when you first see the house whether it's going to be something you're going to want to go in. Right. It's um. And it, pictures can always be a little off, you know, Oh, for sure, right? You know. The
0: pictures can get sort of dressed up. Um, I remember looking at an apartment when I was in law school. I had two friends. We were looking for an apartment. We, you know, didn't really have too many nickels to rub together. Mm-hmm. And we're going up and down Commonwealth Ave. Um, every agent we worked with tried to sell us on... I think it was, I want to say it's like 1330 Commonwealth Ave or something because <laughs> Aerosmith lived in the building and that was supposed to be like a big selling point. And my friend immediately asked, um, as we're riding up in the elevator, he immediately asked if, he said, I wonder if there's been any love in this elevator. Anyway, but <laughs> but we ended up looking, but we, we got so exhausted looking at a bunch of apartments one day that we just could barely like not afford. Like it says a little of our price range looks nice. And fi- and finally, she showed us one that looked super nice. And it, at first glance, anyway, it was a it was like a ground. Uh, what do you call it? Street level apartment. We walk. We walked in right on Commonwealth Ave. The door literally opened up to Commonwealth Ave. Um, I mean, you could you could like hail a cab by like sticking your head out the window. And um, uh, but it looked nice. This one looked really nice. And. We said, oh, yeah, we're not going to be able to afford this one. What's the price? She told us the price. It was in our price range. And we said, oh, my God, this is great. We're so excited. I think we were so exhausted just to find one in our price range. <laughs> we moved in. Flash forward two, two weeks later, we're all looking at each other going, this is a pit. Like, it's mildewy. It's, like <laughs> I don't know why we didn't notice the first time. Like, there, there are so many, like, sort of, you know, threadbare areas of carpet. And um, just it was um, so – but we stayed there for two glorious years of course
2: it's the exhaustion factor and especially yeah. when with how competitive the apartments are in Boston it's it's hard to you know it's, it's, i don't know how people do it people specialize in rental agency too but i don't but
0: yeah yeah
2: it, and i just remember when i was looking for apartments at BU it, it was just uh, i never heard an agent say that you're going to uh, love this sweet pad so many times you know it's like <laughs> every pad was sweet <laughs> we were oh, like this is really the sweetest pad
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, have you had to show any property that you've had to upsell sort of against your better judgment? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, I did show a property that I, that was a lot closer to the highway than I ever really imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if Picture yourself like in the breakdown lane of Route 3 uh, <laughs> south. Okay. Yeah. And um, that's, this property uh, was right along it. And uh, it was, it was the noise when you opened the, the door, was deafening. It was like you were you know when you go out in the backyard it was like you're on the highway oh my god so i just i, I thought well I, I i didn't really go and door knock the neighborhood but i'm not sure i i would want to invite as many people as as i normally should to an open house here
0: and that's something you might not notice <laughs> as much during an open house just because there are people milling about and and stuff but you know if you're you know trying to get to sleep and you know the, there's uh truckers going by You know, doing their um, yeah honking the the truck horn could be honking the horn. uh, You know, (laughs) God knows when. Yeah,
2: that's a good one. That never happens on the highway, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not on Massachusetts highways. (laughs) We're the safest drivers in the nation. Um, So cool. So this is awesome, Dean. Um, What? What? uh, How can people get in touch with you?
2: Well, uh, they can. They can come to my website uh, at uh, 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 dean.jacobus.kw. That's the website. That's cool. Uh, .com. Dean is w-
0: taking out his business card. Yeah, right I now. always forget. De- Fear not, friends. Dean
2: yep. Um Got it. And you can uh, reach out to me um, on my my uh, mobile as well, 617-571-7224.
0: Give them a call, kids. Yeah. Um, and what at what point should people call you in the process? Like even if they're just thinking about
2: buying a home or – or, um, yeah or, I, or selling I guess right yeah do both, right? listing and buying yeah. um, listing is is uh, the ideal for an agent because we have a, a marketing platform where we can oftentimes listings produce buyers through through um, the open house process or through sign calls mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's obviously our, our goal but uh, I you know that is something that happens over time we get a higher percentage of, of uh, sellers as we progress in our careers yeah mm-hmm. um, And buyers are are obviously something that we work with steadily throughout. Cool. Um, Cool. So I'm open to either. All
0: right. Get yourself a home, kids, um, (laughs) and talk to Dean over at Keller Williams. Um, So we're up against the clock here on the Boston Podcast. But as usual, we thank you for joining us. Dean, did you have fun?
2: I did. Thank you for having me.
0: I appreciate this. My pleasure. And if you like what you heard, please share it with a friend or a colleague. That's how we spread the word about the Boston Podcast and all the great podcasts we have at pod617.com. We've got uh, entertainment stuff. We've got comedy. We've got uh, a great podcast about the paranormal called Monsterland. These guys will convince you that Sasquatch and ghosts actually exist. I'm convinced Uh, (laughs) now. Yeah. Oh, you know what, Dean? I'm going to have to have you back to talk about haunted houses. You know what? Uh, 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 We got time. In a nutshell... Um, if there's been like, uh, some creepy stuff or ghosts or a crime or something in a home, do you have to tell people?
2: Uh, you do if asked, not only oh if God. asked, uh, okay. but, uh, not, uh, or not unless, uh, you're, you know, a, uh, someone wants to know. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: make sure you ask people because who knows? what uh, creepy things have happened in that home. I mean, I would want to know. You don't want to be sleeping someplace where, you know, that the creepy girl from the ring has been standing there and doing God knows what. Or Lizzie L- Borden. Or- Lizzie Borden. Yeah. Or, your house could go all poltergeist on you. Once again, <laughs> thanks for listening to The Boston Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, share with a friend, and enjoy your day, Boston.